Hello and welcome back. Today we're going to learn all about CloudKit. So CloudKit is a service from Apple that allows us to save data and have that data sort of available on all of our devices. Uh, we can deal with public data to use as our main data store for application if we want to, uh, to have many users read data from the public database. And there's also a private database specific to that particular user. And that data gets essentially synchronized across all devices. Uh, now, CloudKit is, is an online-only framework, so it doesn't provide any local persistence, but it can essentially replace a backend or provide an easy backend uh, for you to work with if you don't have a server already. So we're just going to jump into a demo here. I have an application called Hello CloudKit, and it's currently empty. So we're going to go over to the Capabilities tab, and we're going to go expand this iCloud section here, and we're going to turn that on. Uh, so when you do that, this is going to prompt you to log in if you haven't already, uh, because it's going to start creating resources on your developer account on iTunes. And I'm going to check CloudKit here. And when I do that, it highlights this section for containers. Uh, we'll learn a little bit more about containers and what they are later, but the short answer is every CloudKit-enabled application gets a single container. Uh, this is essentially like your apps folder you know, on the server. And so you'll you'll get the default container that only your app can access. And then there are other containers that you can add and you can grant permission to different applications. If you have multiple applications that all need to read and write to the same data store, then you'd probably use a custom container here. And you can mix and match these as well. Uh, there's also a button to open the CloudKit dashboard, which we'll need a little bit later. Uh, but essentially that's it. That just went in here and created this entitlements file. And now our application is ready to use CloudKit. So I'm just going to do a little bit of a demo inside of our app delegate. First thing I'm going to do is import CloudKit at the top. And now we just need to get a reference uh, to that container. So we're going to grab a CK container. And notice that we have one that takes an identifier, but there's also the default container. So we can just use container.default there. There's two different databases. There's the public database and there's the private database. So the public database, users can read and write uh, to this folder. Or to, to the public database. And you yourself can also view this data and manage this data within the CloudKit dashboard. Uh, this data would be essentially available for anybody to view uh, that's using your application. The private database is specific to this user's iCloud account and will be available to them on any device that they're signed into. And it is truly private in that we as developers cannot access a user's private data without explicitly offering some mechanism for them to send it to us. So that's that's a good thing for user security and privacy, but it makes our job a little bit harder sometimes if we're trying to troubleshoot an issue. Sometimes we might need to see what the data looks like. So just keep that in mind. We're going to be dealing with the public database today. Uh, so we're just going to call database, and that's going to give us our database. Now we need to create our first record. Now, we're not dealing with any kind of database designer or schema editor or anything like that. In development, using CloudKit, we can just define our records at whatever shape we want them to take, and then the schema gets created on the server automatically. And that is a feature that is enabled during development. But once you're in a release configuration, your app is in the App Store, that will no longer be the case. So this makes it easy to get started. So we're just going to define a record for a restaurant, and we're going to save it and see what happens. Uh, in order to do that, we need to have a record ID that is going to be of type CK record ID. And we can pass in a record name or a record name with a zone ID. We're not going to touch on the zone IDs in this episode, but uh, just suffice it to say that the public database that we're using 
has only one zone. So we essentially can ignore it for the public database. Now what you use the key is up to you. You might decide just to use a UUID and call UUID.UUID string, and that would be perfectly fine. This is guaranteed to be unique, and we wouldn't really have to worry about it. In my case, I want to call this my-restaurant uh, just so I can see it on the server, and I only want to create one throughout multiple runs of this application. I don't want to every, every time I run it to, to recreate the same record over and over again. So I have my record ID. Next, I need to create my record. So I'm going to create a CK record. And to create a CK record, I need to give it the record type and the record ID. If we just specify the record type, then the ID will be created on the server and we'll have to know, we'll have to grab that ID on the way back when it is saved. So we're going to specify the record type and the record ID here. Pass in the record type. This is just a string that we're going to use. Uh, obviously, it would be a good idea to put this in an enum or a constant somewhere so that we're not going to have any typos. Because again, during development, if I accidentally misspell it, then that would create a new type of schema, a new type of record, and save my record under that instead. And so we def definitely don't want to misspell things here. So pass in the record ID. Now I have my record ready to go, and we're going to treat this just like a dictionary. Uh, so our restaurants are going to have a name, and I'm going to use my favorite burger place from Houston, Hubcap Grill, as my sample data. So what you put in here are things that correspond to this protocol, CK record value. And unfortunately, the Swift string isn't compatible by default, NS string is. So you have to manually add this uh, cast here to make that work. What types of data can we put in here? Well, similar to what types of data you might put in a plist, you can put strings, you can put integers, doubles, dates and times, you can put uh, arrays of any of those things. You can have references to other objects. So if this is like a foreign key type of relationship, then you might do that. And you can also add in large format data like um, bytes if it's just like a byte buffer that's stored in the data or if it's a larger thing like a file or something like that then you can add an attachment called an asset so let's do a couple of those We're, we'll have an address to this in case we want to display this in the ui and i have their address saved right there and we're also going to grab their location and this is going to require core location at the top okay and i forgot to add in a string on this one again and let's go ahead and add a picture as well so we can just see how that all works. We're going to add a picture and, or maybe I'll call this image. And that's going to be a CK asset and we need to pass in the file URL. So let's grab the image URL. That's going to be bundle main uh, URL for resource. And we'll pass in hubcap and .jpg. And I'm going to force unwrap that there because I'd like it to blow up if I make a typo. Okay, so now we have our record ready to be saved. And we're going to call on the database, we're going to call save and pass in this record. Notice that our completion handler takes a block that itself gets past our CK record and an error. So this is the case where the record that comes from the server might be different than the one that you saved because it might have uh, the record ID generated on it. It also might have some metadata fields like created at and updated at dates. So those are things that we might need to grab when we save it from the server. So what I'm gonna do here is just uh, unwrap this and then we'll say print that we saved this record. If the record was nil, then we probably got an error. So I'm just going to output the error here. Okay, and then I'll just add another log statement here. 
so that we know that we actually start to save it. And we'll go ahead and run this. So one quick thing to note is that in your simulator, you will have to be signed into iCloud in order to save records. So since I'm already signed in, this will work. And you can see here that we started saving and then we did save this particular record. So what that means is I can now go back over to the CloudKit dashboard, which remember you can get to uh, in Xcode by going to your project settings into the iCloud section and clicking on this button here. And inside of this, if I refresh this, now that it will show the new record type that we just created and it's called the restaurant. You can see that it's got our fields here, address, image, location, and name. And there's some other data here which we can kind of ignore for now. And then we can go down into the public data section into the default zone. If you remember, I said that public database has a single zone, which is the default zone. So I'm gonna click on that. And now it shows me the different types that we can display here. So we only have one type of public data. That's a restaurant. And right now it can't be shown because there is no query index for our record ID field. So essentially, just because of the underlying technology that CloudKit was built on, there's no way to list it without giving it an implicit order. It's just a little bit of a technical constraint that we can resolve by adding a record ID query index to this collection. So if we go back over to the record types now, our restaurant has a metadata index now for record ID. And so what happens is when it sorts it, uh, when it gives it back to you, it's going to give it back to you in the order of this record ID, probably uh, alphabetized. Okay, going back to the default zone, we can see our restaurant here. Notice that it just grabbed the name because it's probably smart enough to realize that's probably what you want to display up here. And then the ID, the record ID of that below it. And you can see that it got the address. It got the image, which if I were to download this image, you would see it. It's an image of a burger. And it's got the location. And notice that this is not just doubles, right? This is an actual location object. So we, presumably we could do some sort of distance calculation to say, give me restaurants near a given position. And then we've got our name. So there's a whole lot more to cover, but I think saving a record in CloudKit is a good place to stop. So I hope you enjoyed this and we'll see you again next time.